Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to episode number 74 of the Church Leadership Podcast. You are in for a treat. We finish our conversation with Sean DeMars on today's episode. But first, I want to encourage you to rate and review our podcast. It's really easy to do that now. All you have to do is go to ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. Ratethispodcast.com slash CLP. We're so excited because our podcast has been growing lately. If you're new to our podcast, we're glad you have joined us. Now for today's episode. Thank you for joining us this week. We are once again in the office of Sean DeMars here in Decatur, Alabama. And it is going to be a great podcast. If you listened a few episodes back, we interviewed Sean about the prosperity gospel. Today we're going to talk about something else that he is an expert in. That's what, we'll, that's what we'll call it, an extract. Right. So, so welcome, Sean, thank you for coming back on the podcast Welcome back us. to the yeah, pod. Been yeah, so long. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, me. Yeah, um, that reminds me of something we'll have to talk about later. I've never been called an expert in anything, so I'm interested to see how this plays oh, out. Oh, wow. Well, so, you know, I've always three heard. three years in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I've yeah. always heard what makes you an expert is, you know, you say briefcase, but you've got an iPad and you're from out of town. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So you, you're the pastor of Sixth Avenue uh, Church of God here in Decatur, and this is a revitalization project. And you are a revitalization pastor. That is your heart, and that's what's brought you here. And so <laughs> you, uh, you kind of took Andy and I on a tour of the facility before we did this interview, and uh and let me just say this, it was an encouragement to me and any other pastor who's ever been involved in a revitalization project. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're going to post some pictures, I think, of, of the facility uh, as a part of this on the show notes. So make sure, make sure you check that out. But uh, I was encouraged just because uh, you, when you got here, I mean, you could have just decided, I'm not even thinking about this because we're in a 100-year-old building. Um, and it was a difficult start. So share with us a little bit, if you don't mind, Sean, about the story, your story of, of revitalization, but mm-hmm. specifically right here in this church and, and uh, what God brought you here for. Yeah, so uh, the, the first, the way I, the way I talk about it is um, it was like a, a ship that was basically about to sink, and we came in and started trying to plug holes uh and then eventually we got to a place where we could start bailing water. And then we got to a place where we could start uh, repairing the ship and actually having it functional. Uh, the first year, I think maybe was the hardest year of my life. Uh, I didn't really realize that until uh, we started turning the corner and I got a little room to breathe. You know, uh, Things were pretty bad the first six months. Uh, I had members stand up in the middle of my sermons and scream at me <laughs> until they had to be escorted out of the building. I had members sit in the foyer and cry every Sunday that I would come in because I was their pastor. Mm. I've had members of the church uh, state that they thought it was their job to keep me humble. <laughs> you um, got to love that. Uh, we uh, had uh, 27 people within the first two weeks. Uh, we were down to 17 people. Mm. Um, so 
it was just a, a very we have one of our elders was a self-described heretic um, by God's grace he's he's actually now like this amazing brother in the life of the church and he's he's great in every way but he identified as a heretic so um, wow. things were really bad uh, and on top of that, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I, you know, I came in here with a whole lot of confidence in God, uh, that he could move and work in the situation. But you know what, man? I mean, it, you know, it's just like when you have a high view of God's sovereignty and suffering, it doesn't make the suffering suck any less. Right. That's right. Can I say suck on here? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you know, the, the same thing was true in the life of this church. I believe that, that the, the word of God would do the work of God by the by the power of the Spirit of God for the for the people of God and the glory of God and all that. And it sounds great when you say that, but then when you actually have to live through it, it's it's an incredibly difficult thing. Yeah, saying it and living it, two different yeah. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, man. So, um, well, now I'm rambling, but <laughs> but basically, it was really really hard. But by God's grace, slowly and surely. Things began to change. Uh, Members started growing in their understanding of the word. They started applying it. Some of the really, really toxic people left the church. Uh, Some other healthier people began to join the church. Uh, A couple of people got saved. Um, And then, you know, one day, like two years in, we, uh, you look up and you realize, oh, well, I think we're actually going to make it. You know, financially, Mm -hmm. we're starting to do okay. Uh, uh, we have a, more visitors coming. It's evident that people are taking the gospel seriously. When I first got here, I described the church like this. It was relationally vacuum-sealed, evangelistically inept, and doctrinally apathetic. And I don't think any of those things are true of the church today. That's awesome. Praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. And what's even, even cooler is uh, we haven't really done anything that... Like, if you were to talk to like a, a young missiologist, you know, and like, how do you grow a church? How do you change a church that's about to die? It would be the exact opposite of what we've done. I preach long sermons from the Bible. We sing old hymns with minimal accompaniment. You know, we have a piano and a guitar. Uh, we do long pastoral, my pastoral prayers, like 10 minutes, prayers of praise, prayer of confession. We do long scripture readings. We just got through the book of Hebrews where we read, uh, three chapters from Hebrews on a Sunday morning, every single Sunday. So just, you know, the opposite of what, we don't have any real, like, I think our children's ministry, Gospel Kids, is phenomenal, but it's not like, you know, something that would grow a church. And so it's kind of like what I experienced on the mission field. Um, If the Lord's going to do something in the life of this church, it can't be because we're throwing money at it because we don't have any of that. It can't be because we're so talented and gifted because we're not. It can't be because we have the coolest program because we don't have a program. You know, we're just going to kind of faithfully just do what God has said here, here, and here and pray that it works. And so far, it seems like it has. Wow, that kind of flies in the face of the uh, church growth movement or the attractional model yeah. that's uh, being being sold today. Especially because everyone that's coming around is young. Yeah, isn't that something? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, kind of sounds like the early church. You know, they were known for a couple of things. They were known for the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the work of the gospel, but they were known for their poverty as well. And God used them to turn the world upside down. Yeah. And, if I'm not mistaken, the same God we serve today was the one that uh, birthed the early church, and it boomed there. So he can do anything, any anytime, anywhere. Yeah. That's right. Well, what you're sharing is probably very easy to relate to the situation that a lot of people are listening to this podcast are in. Some, some people are in churches that are maybe struggling, declining, dying. And as you've shared your story, it's probably given a, a glimmer of hope to some people as they've listened. So... Would you like to maybe 
share uh, a story, maybe something that you've seen God do here in your short time. Three years is a short time. You're just getting started. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, uh, maybe something that you've seen God do. It can be something very insignificant or small to people yeah. who are not familiar with church yeah. revitalization, but those who are in the middle of it, uh, maybe you can share something that they're like, wow, I, I, I can relate to that, and I hope yeah. to experience that. Let me share three things, and I'll try to keep it brief. Um, story number one, going back to the guy, the elder, who is a heretic in the church. Um, he was, uh, I mean, he was just way out there, man. But he was such a part of this church that, like, whatever happened with him was going to determine whatever happened to the rest of the church, right? If, if he got on board, everything was going to be okay. If he was like, you know what, this is, no, I'm not doing this, then everything was going to fall apart. And so I prayed for him and with him, I had a number of different conversations, meetings, uh, a lot of Bible studies, um, and there were a couple of times it didn't look like he was going to make it. It looked like he was just going to dig his feet in even more, and uh, and until finally one Sunday we were sitting in a room full of uh, guys uh, in my living room, and he said, you know guys, I think I've been wrong, and he confessed to a room full of people. And he has turned in the exact opposite direction, and now he is one of the greatest champions of the truth of the gospel that I've ever seen. You know, and, awesome. and I, I, it's a joy to count him as my co-laborer in the gospel in the life of this church. Um, he's he's uh, suffered significantly in ways that I, I maybe can't share with the podcast. Sure, uh, but for the sake of changing, and for the sake of following the true gospel. And so that has just been such an encouragement to me to see that it's, you know, it's, it's really taken root in his life, even in the midst of suffering. Another example would be one of the sweet old ladies in the church who was not a very sweet old lady to me when I first got here. <laughs> uh, she was uh, pretty nasty to me on a number of different occasions, and I was certain that she was going to leave the church, and I was really sad about that because I didn't want that to happen. And you know what, man? I just made an effort to try to love her as well as I could, um, and... Uh, and then providentially something happened where I was able to love her really well as a pastor, and the tide began to turn. And now she's like one of my biggest fans. She's mm. my champion. I, I took her uh, roses and candies for Valentine's Day, <laughs> you know. And uh, uh, and we're just like good friends now. She loves me, and I love her. And uh, and to me, that small it may seem like something small, like oh, a member of your church likes you, <laughs> but when half of the congregation is burning a hole through you on a Sunday morning. Yeah. It's a big win, um, especially because she's kind of what what we would call the old guard. Right, you know? right. All the new people, yeah, they, you know, they're happy to be here. They don't know anything yeah. about. I think Brian Croft calls that the the scowls and snarls. You're hey, that's right, brother. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the third thing, um, there have been a, a number of different people who have come to our church, and they live pretty far away, uh, and you know. We would like it if people could like work, pray, play, and stay in the same place. That's ideal, but we don't live in an ideal world, right? Uh, but a number of families recently have actually uh, moved from where they were to be like five minutes away from the church. Wow! And so uh, I, I mentioned that just because I think what, one of the things that you see happening in, in our in the life of our local church is a real gospel community, and uh, people see that, they feel it, they want to be a part of it. You know, it's just like when you go to a church and you know that there's something different about the preaching, right? His sheep hear his voice. I think that same thing happens in a community sense. And so we've been seeing uh, a number of people in the church uh, do that. And I'm just, I'm thankful that 
that they're all in because I'm all in. You yeah. know, I want right. to I want to die with these people, not in a weird culty way, <laughs> right, you know. right. well, not I with mean, the Kool Aid. Yeah, I mean, right. it has been said that. I mean, I think <coughs> I think some people go into ministry so that they avoid heavy lifting. You know, they mm-hmm. they, they go in. And I, I think it's been said some people work a little so they can ball a lot, you know. And that's not the case in church revitalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it man. is you work your tail off and give your all, yeah. and you see minimal results uh, over a long period of time. But what you're talking about may seem like small things yeah. to some people. It's huge, man. Yeah, yeah. it's big. That's well, huge. Well, brother, speaking of minimal results, uh, you know, we're having this conversation, and and I'm kind of talking about it like, you know, hey, I think I, I genuinely do think we're out of the woods, and I, I think we're just a regular church now. But I think a lot of people would look at our church and be like, "Are y'all sure you're revitalized?" Because <laughs> we have 39 members, you know. So uh, we have we don't have a lot of money. We have 39 members. You would look at us from the outside in our old building, and you'd be like. I don't know that you're revitalized, right. but man, if you only knew what the church was like before, and if only you could be here on a Sunday morning and experience what the church is like now. That's right. I mean, visitors used to come when I first got here and visit the church, and I'd be like, so, how, were you encouraged by your time with us? And they'd be like, huh. <laughs> and now, like, people say, like, it was amazing. People mm. came up and attacked me with their love. They invited us out to lunch and blah, blah, you know, and people are so loving and kind and yeah, it's just it's it's something that's so uh, incredible that I don't think any anybody can take credit for it other than right. the Lord. So we're thankful. Well, I, I want to talk about that because that's huge. Okay, because I I firmly believe that every church is in need of revitalization of some kind. I think we had somebody on the podcast recently to say just that. You know, in in some area right. of our church, we need revitalization. Reformed and always reforming. That's, that's right. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so, but but your experience and what you just identified. I think it's huge for those listening, okay? Because you don't have to get over 250, right? You don't have to break the 200 barrier. You don't have to you know, do whatever metric is out right, there right. in order to say, whew, we are there, we revitalized. Right. I, think, I think, you know, our picture of success or, or revitalization is probably unhealthy and unbiblical oftentimes. And I love <coughs> what you just said, Sean, because... You've been here three years, and you've seen God do some amazing things, and you're at 39 members. Mm -hmm. And you know that God has revitalized this church. Without a doubt. Your facilities aren't aren't the best, even probably in this community, but God has still revitalized this church. And so what I guess I want to ask you is, what what measure or what um, confirmation have you seen that gives you encouragement to know that God is at work here. Yeah, I think it's the kinds of things I just shared with you. Um, every Sunday we do a pastoral prayer, and one of the things that we do in that pastoral prayer is we pray for things that only God can do, mm. right? Uh, you know, sending more workers to the mission field, right? That kind of thing. Like, you know, I can't do that. Right. God can do it. Um and I think that the evidence that we see in the life of this church is that things are happening that only God can do. You know, you don't take somebody who hates your version of the gospel as you think you understand it from the Bible, hates it. I mean, like, has attacked you publicly for it. And then and then you don't go from that to now they're the biggest champion of that, you know. Or somebody in the church literally hates you, you know, probably would not be upset if you got hit by a car, <laughs> uh, to now loves you like a friend, you mm-hmm. know. Um 
people, actually one of the greatest examples is a young single guy who's got a, uh, careful how I said, a very attractive, uh, probably not a Christian woman uh, seeking him for a relationship. And he goes, yeah, I just don't think she takes Jesus seriously enough. Wow. You know, whereas when you first meet this guy and he first joins the church, he's in a relationship with a nominal Christian woman. And now he's like, you know, fighting off tens with a stick uh, because he's just not sure that, that you know, they're really going to follow the Lord like he wants to follow the Lord. Wow. So 10,000 of those things, right? Yep, the examples yep, yep. could be multiplied. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always result in the humongous membership, right? I mean, we talked earlier before we started the interview about uh, a dear family who was a part of this church who was so meaningful and have now been exported to D.C., yeah, right? Yeah. And, and that, that stuff happens, and that's God at work. And so um, I, I'm just glad you got to share some of those stories. Yeah. Yeah, you have encouraged Mark and me personally just by us having a conversation today and, and the talks we've had outside of this recording. But I guarantee you someone listening today has heard what you've had to say and it has struck home with them. It is right. it has hit them in the feels, yeah. you know, and yeah. and what you're saying probably ha maybe will even re energize them <coughs> to to keep going. Yeah. So maybe there is somebody listening today and they, they want to give up. It's hard. They want to quit. Uh they want to go to uh uh, a, a church plant or an established church that's healthier and make more money and have, you know, what the world sees as success, but definitely it's easier for them. Can you encourage somebody who may be uh, headed into a revitalization, maybe they're in the middle of one and it's tough, or maybe they're they're rethinking this? Yeah. So um, if you listen to the last episode, you know I spent four years on the mission field. Um one of the things that uh, you have to understand as a missionary is that success is not promised, mm. right? Uh, so maybe there's somebody listening to this and they're really discouraged because things don't seem like they're going as well at their church that, like it's going here at our church. Um, and I, I want to say, hey, just keep doing the work, keep preaching the word, keep trusting the Lord, and it'll work out. But the truth is is that it might not work out. Mm. I came home from the mission field after four years uh, I wrote an article for Desiring God basically about being a failed missionary, right? Um, and I, I don't know that it'll work out for you. But I do know that the Lord rewards faithfulness, right? If you lead God's people according to God's word and faithfulness, uh, should that normally bear fruit? Absolutely. But will it always bear fruit or the kind of fruit you want? It may not. Um, but man, just think about that last day when you're standing before the Lord and he renders that final judgment on your ministry. And if you are confident that your ministry has been faithful to the word, what that's going to mean for your soul. In 1 Corinthians, Paul, you know, he's dealing with all these competing factions and super apostles, which I think you see a little bit of even in the first letter. Uh, and he just says, listen, don't, don't judge people's ministry uh, before the time is appropriate, right? Because there's going to be a fire God's all discerning eye that's going to come and render a judgment on everyone's ministry and on that day we're going to see whose ministry really counts and I think there are a lot of people that we're going to be surprised to find on that day who are no name no book having no conference speaking pastors in the middle of backwoods mm. nowhere America or you know uh, to the furthest ends of the earth who are going to make it through that fire in a pretty impressive way and there are a bunch of people with major platforms uh, their ministry is going to be found 
uh, wanting. You can even see a little microcosm of that. You get a little foretaste of it as you watch American evangelicalism, you know. I mean, just how many guys, big name, big platform guys who seemed like they were doing big, amazing things for God over the last five years, how many of them are still in the ministry? How many of them have imploded? How many people have been hurt and damaged? I mean, I'm not going to say any names of somebody who was just recently forced to step down from a very prolific evangelical ministry uh, in the United States and abroad. And so, uh, yeah, you just focus on doing what God has told you to do. You leave the results up to him and wait for the day when he'll give you your reward. Amen. Yeah. What, what, a, what a powerful encouragement yeah. and uh, appropriate way to close out this episode. Uh, Sean, thank you so much, man, for spending time with us, for sharing your heart with us, and, uh, and for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate you being yeah. with us. And we know everybody who's listened today is better equipped, but definitely encouraged mm. to lead in the local church. Thank Amen. you for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 